Welcome to Rick's Rumblings. This is episode six of Yankee Thunder, the legendary life of Davy Crockett. This is chapter 10, The Great Tussle. There have been tussles before, and there have been tussles since. But there's never been such a tussle as when Davy Crockett and Andy Jackson tussled in the woods of Tennessee. Davy came at Andy, and Andy came at Davy, and they went to it. At first, they thrashed around so fast they couldn't even be seen. They were both swift as a rabbit and slipperier than an eel, and neither one could get a grip on the other. They started tussling on a little hill, but soon the hill was trampled down to level as an oak plank floor. They tussled a little longer and found they'd stomped out a hole six feet deep. Let's get out of this, Andy. If we don't, we'll be clean through to Chiney before we're finished. Guess you're right, said Dandy. They reached out their hands, clasped hands, and then they both said heave, and they each threw the other out clear of the hole and onto the ground. Then they went to it again, trying every known trick at tussling. First Andy would throw Davy, and the next minute Davy would throw Andy. But neither one of them would stay down. They tussled half the day, and they kept right on tussling. At last they tangled themselves up in a knot and couldn't move an inch. Let's get out of this, Davy, said Andy. Suits me. When they'd worked their way free, they stopped and looked about. They'd tussled so fierce, they'd plowed up all the land for miles around. Trees, roots, stumps, and all. Turned out later to be the best farming country in the state of Tennessee. But neither one of them had won the tussle. And they still didn't know who was going to run for president of these here United States. Well, Davy. Well, Andy. We don't seem to be getting any place, said Andy. No matter what we try, we come out even. Can't both of us be president, said Davy. Maybe there's a better man somewheres than you or me. You heard about one anywheres, asked Davy. Andy Jackson shook his head. Now that you speak of it, he said, I ain't. No more than I have, said Davy. I guess we just can't get out of it. We're the two best men in these here United States, and one of us has got to run for president. What are we going to do about it, said Davy. We'll have to think her out, said Andy. Then let's think ahead, said Davy, because it's Big job being president, and we got to get the best man. Davy and Andy sat down on a couple of stumps and trying to think what to do. While they were thinking, the sun began to go down slow and golden. 
The light all round turned the same color of the blaze of Andy Jackson's hair. The only thing I can think of, said Andy Jackson, is to start all over again. Maybe this time we won't come out even. Sounds all right to me, said Davy. Let's go ahead. So Andy and Davy both stood up and started all over again. They picked up their rifles, ready to have another shooting match. Can't see anything around here worth shooting at, said Davy. Let's walk on a bit. Andy Jackson nodded his head, and the two of them walked on through the woods. By and by, they came to a clearing with a cabin in the middle of it. A black cat was coming around the corner of the cabin about three, four hundred yards away. Watch this, said Andy Jackson. Raising his rifle to his shoulder, he pulled the trigger and the bullet shaved off the cat's left ear slicker than a razor. Then he gave a laugh and said, Top that, you backwoods glumpus. We won't be coming out even this time. Davy raised old Betsy and fired off. Went the old way went the cat's other ear. Cat didn't even know he'd lost his ears until he tried to scratch him. What were you saying, Andy? Looking as if butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. Andy didn't say a word. He looked around until he saw a runty pig standing near the cabin. Then he aimed his rifle and shot the curly cue off the pig's tail. Tain't bad, said Davy. But where I come from, if we can't do a job complete, we don't do it at all. And he fired at the pig, clipping the rest of the tail off neat. Hmm, said Andy. Just then, the wife of the man who owned the cabin came walking out. and She was wearing a comb in her hair, and Andy Daxon pointed to it with a finger. Try that for a target, Colonel Crockett. And he shot half the comb out of her hair. Davy raised old Betsy, aiming at the other half of the comb. Excuse me, ma'am, he said, you know, always polite to the ladies. He took aim, put his finger on the trigger, but he didn't shoot. He lowered old Betsy for a minute, and then he raised it to his shoulder again. Once again he took aim, put his finger to the trigger, and once again he didn't shoot. He dropped old Betsy and he said, Andy, I can't do it. I was always polite to the ladies, and I just can't bring myself to shoot at a she-male. Why, you ain't more polite to the ladies than I am. And besides, we ain't shooting at her. We're shooting at her comb. I can't help it, said Davy. I just ain't got the heart to shoot. You mean you won't shoot, said Andy Jackson. I mean to say I can't shoot, said Dave. I can't hold old Betsy steady when I'm shooting at a she-male. Then by the 26 states and Texas and Oregon, said Andy Jackson, you've lost the shooting match, and I'm going to run for president of these here United States. You'd better, 
said Davy, giving a laugh and thumping old Jackson on the back. I said you was the man for it, and now it's proved. Well, I did sort of have my heart set on it, said Andy Jackson. Then go ahead, said Davy. He waved his coonskit pat, fired a shot in the air, and yelled, Three cheers for Andy Jackson, the next president of these here United States. Old Hickory Andy Jackson stood straight and tall. He waited for Davy to stop cheering, and then he said quiet-like, Thank you, Davy. If I'm elected, I'll try to be the best president I can. And when he said that, the stars flashed in the blue of the sky, and the northern lights rippled out in red and white stripes, and there was a great rumble of thunder like a roll of drums. To chapter 11. And that's Ben Harden. Bright and early the next morning, Davy said goodbye to Andy Jackson. I'm a hunter, and I'm meant for to roam said Davy. And while I'm roaming, I'll be whooping it up for Andy Jackson. You go right ahead and run for president. I'll see you in Washington City when you're elected. I'll be counting on you to be there, Davy, said Andy Jackson. Oh, I'll be there, Andy, so you can count on me. Davy whistled to Mississippi death hug and the dogs. He picked up Betsy and gave a wave of his hand to Andy and started off. He roamed into every nook and corner of Tennessee, crossing over into Arkansas and Kentucky and even into the Carolinas. And wherever he went, he whooped it up for Andy Jackson. Whenever Davy met a man, he'd leap high into the air and kick his heels together and bellow, Whoop! I'm Davy Crockett, fresh from the backwoods. I can wade the Mississippi, leap the Ohio, ride a streak of lightning, and whip any man that's not for Andy Jackson. And then that man would say, No need to carry on, Colonel Crockett. No need at all. I was going to vote for Andy Jackson right along. Of course, Andy Jackson was elected. Couldn't have happened any other way. With Davy whooping it up for him, Davy figured he'd hang around Tennessee for a while and then make the trip to Washington City to see Andy Jackson take over the job of president. One day... When it was almost time for him to set out for Washington City, Davy was walking along the Mississippi River, and he was feeling pretty chipper, and so he sang, Met Mr. Catfish coming down the stream, says Mr. Catfish, what does he mean? Caught Mr. Catfish by the snout and turned Mr. Catfish wrong side out. Just then a steamboat came down the river. Davy liked the looks of her and he gave the captain a yell. What's the fare for taking me a piece down the river, asked Davy. How many going, asked the cabin captain. Just me, and my dogs, and my bear, and my buffalo. 
I'll carry men and I'll carry dogs, said the captain, but I ain't never carried bears or buffaloes and I don't aim to start now. Taint natural. There's, that's no way to talk about my critters, said Davy, and if you don't take them, you don't take me. Then paddle down the river on your own self, hollered the captain, giving the signal for the boat to go on down the river. That's a good idea, Captain, as, as the boat went puffing away. Davy walked back a little on the shore and cut down a hollow oak tree. He hewed out one side open with his knife and then corked up both ends. Carried it down to the river, put it in the water, and told Death Hug to hop in. Start paddling, said Davy, hopping in himself. Both of them started paddling, and when Death Hug used his tail like a rudder, away they went, with Mississippi and the dogs swimming behind. Davy and Death Hug both lit up their pipes and puffing away like a regular steamboat. It wasn't long till they caught up with the captain who wouldn't take them. Out our way, captain, yelled Davy as they scooted past, slicker than a stream of wind going up a chimney. Only trouble was they paddled so fast the bottom of the log wore out, and they had to take the shore. Feeling a bit tired after all that paddling, death hugging, curled up and on the ground for a nap. I could do with a mite of nap myself, said Davy. But he didn't curl up on the ground like Death Hug. He stretched out on the water with a log under his head for a pillow and the dogs in Mississippi settled down beside Death Hug and all was peaceable. And the water rocked Davy like a baby in a cradle. I've slept curled up like a snake on the ground, and I've slept in a tree like a bird, said David, but you can't top a riverbed for comfort. No sooner did Davy start to doze, though, than something bumped into him. He awoke in a hurry and opened his eyes, and before him was the queerest contraption he'd ever seen. First of all, there was a log floating on the water. In the center of the log were three kegs fastened one on another, and on the topmost keg sat a little fat man wearing sailcloth trousers, light shoes with ribbons on them, and a snug tarpaulin hat. He had a black leather patch over one eye and a little pigtail sticking out from his head. Well, I'll be shot dead, said Davy, if I ever saw a rig like that before. Little fat man took a good look at him. Why, he said, the critter talks like a man. I thought I'd spoke to a catfish. He had a voice so rough it could have been written down, but it would have been to have to show it in a picture. Aye, said the fat man. I've sailed the seven seas, and many's the sight I've seen. I seen porpoises, and I seen dolphins, and I seen mermaids, and I whales, and sea serpents. But you're the strangest looking craft I've ever come across. Where, where are you cruising, old Rusty Bottom? Davy didn't like the little fat man turning on him that way. 
Maybe you're new on these parts and you ain't be blamed, said Davy. But let me tell you, I'm a snorter by birth and education. If you don't go floating along and leave me to finish my nap, I'll give you a taste of my breed, beginning with a snapping turtle. The little fat man worried back. I'll shiver your mizzen, you landlubber, you copper-bound land shark, you deck sweeper. Just keel over here and I'll show you. When Davy heard that, he burned like a shovel full of hot coals. You old grampus, he bellowed. I don't care who you are. You can't talk that way to me. I'm Davy Crockett. And at that, the little fat man busted out laughing. Give us your flipper, he said. I've heard of you, Davy, and I wouldn't fight you for all the world. Hurrah for Davy Crockett. Of course, Davy shook the little fat man's hand, and they became good friends as a tame hawk and a blind rooster. The little fat man's name was Ben Harden, and he had seen great times. My business is seeing, he said. I can see more with this black patch on one eye than most men can see with two eyes wide open. Ah, I seen many things in my day. And he sat back on his barrel and went on talking. I've sailed the seven seas since I was a little shaver, and the last time I counted, I was going on 99 years old. I've been everything on the ship which a man can be, and many's a time I've learned my back, leaned my back against a hurricane. Why, I've been captain of ships that turned bottom up in a storm, and I had to sail them along on their masts. What are you doing around here, Ben? asked Davy, still floating on top of the water. Heard there was a gal in this neck of the woods by the name of Sally Ann Thunderan Whirlwind, said Ben Harden. Heard she'll marry the man that can dance her down, but there ain't never been one could do it. She lives nearby, right next to Asphaltum Flats. And that's where I'm bound, because I've danced girls from Cape Cod to Cadiz right out of their stockings, and I aim to do the same with Sally Ann. And that's the end of Chapter 11. So we will wait to continue with the next episode. We'll talk to you then.